Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you what's working now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well, and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. If you're ready to scale your business, but you're not sure where to start, you can take my free two-minute quiz to find out your agency owner persona and uncover how you can use your strengths to scale and streamline your business without compromising you and sacrificing your life. You can head over to the show notes for the link. It is sandrajulian.co forward slash quiz. Well, hey friend, welcome to episode 64 of the podcast. Can you believe it? This is the second to last episode of the year. In some ways, 2022 has been a long Hella year. And in other ways, I can't believe that it's over already. But for this episode of the podcast, I wanted to talk about client offboarding. Because as we move into the end of the year and winding things down, especially if you're like me and you take a break over that Christmas New Year period. You shut the laptop, you walk away, and you don't think about work again for another two weeks. I tell you, it is bliss. I look forward to this time of the year every year when I don't have to have my brain turned on 24-7. I don't have to constantly be thinking about the business, what's going on in the business, and it doesn't consume those spare moments in time. Um, And I can just fully turn off knowing that all is well. My staff are on holiday. Nothing happens in New Zealand in the events industry over the summer months. It's like our down season. Everything winds down. But as we're winding down, we're also looking at our client offboarding. We've just had a massive November with seven events in one month. It was crazy town. So if, like me, you have a business that has seasons and maybe summer is your off season, maybe you're heading into your busy season, come winter, you're heading into your quieter months. However you think about your business and whether your business operates in seasons or in cycles, 
I find the end of the year, the end of a calendar year, is always a good time to tidy up any loose ends and wrap things up, put them away, call them done. Your client offboarding is one of those things. It might be something that you didn't actually do at the end of a project and it just it's just been sitting there. Now is the time to actually do your client offboarding. If you do your client offboarding within the two weeks that your project's finished, I congratulate you. That is so good. That's how I think we make the effort and desire to have our processes all in place and all done in a timely manner, put a little tidy bow on it before we keep moving on. And then sometimes things in our business are just really hectic and things like client offboarding, they get to the bottom of the list. They're not that immediate delivering on exactly the client work. But this is the area of our business that makes the biggest difference for our business. Because during this offboarding process of your clients after a project, this is where we want to be seeking their feedback, really expressing how much we enjoyed working with them and showing our gratitude. But here is where we need to make the ask. We need to ask our clients for feedback. We need to ask our clients for the testimonial. And we need to ask our clients for the referral. And all of this comes into a well thought out client offboarding process. I think your client offboarding is just as important as your client onboarding, which is what we talked about in last week's episode. So if you haven't listened to episode 63 yet, highly recommend going back to that. If you are looking for some direction on how to onboard a client successfully or what should go into your onboarding process. So your offboarding, I know definitely for me, it doesn't have the same priority as the client onboarding. When we get a new client, we are so excited to get to work with them that the client onboarding process gets done as it should immediately after they have signed their contract. But the client offboarding can just take a little bit of a back seat. And then maybe you don't even have a client offboarding process. Well, then this episode is for you. Whether you put off your offboarding of your clients or whether you don't have an offboarding process at all, but you're really wanting to grow the business. You want to grow the amount of leads that you get in the door next year. You want to grow the amount of projects that you do. Then your client offboarding process can't be overlooked because this is where you really know whether you have a raving fan in a client. Because if they are your raving fan because you delivered value for money and delivered a valuable service that they just can't stop thanking you for, then your client onboarding process is where you create the raving, returning and referring clients. Because what could happen, even though the client is over the moon about what you did for them and the results of working with you, 
it's easy for them to get wrapped up in their business as well and just keep moving on to the next project and the next project and the next project. So if we want clients to be raving, returning and referring, we need to make the ask. It's a bit like making the ask for the sale at the beginning of the process. We want to stay top of mind with our clients and they really They won't know that we need more clients if we don't ask them if they have other businesses who they could refer. I know I don't really think about who I could refer, how I could refer. That's not really top of my mind unless someone says to me, oh, do you have any recommendations for whatever, like any recommendations for a copywriter or a web designer? Then I'll pipe up and go, oh yes, my web designer is so-and-so and I would highly recommend them, like here's their number. So if someone asked me who I would recommend, I would immediately make the referral. But honestly, I don't sit down after working with someone and say, gosh, who could I refer to them? Who would really benefit from using that service? because they just blew my mind at what they did for me. That's not an active thought that I have in my business. But during the client offboarding process, you're putting these thoughts top of mind for your client. You are asking them to do these things for you. So what does a client offboarding process look like? For me, Offboarding a client has both got internal tasks and external tasks. Sometimes we might just think about offboarding a client as just the things that we need to do with the client to offboard them. But actually, we've got some internal processes that we do as well. And I have a Monday.com board that I use to track my client offboarding. And then I move that client into an offboarding group. And as soon as I do that, my Monday.com board automatically populates all of my offboarding tasks into my project management system. So I've now automated my offboarding process. I don't have to think about it. I just have to do it. And an offboarding process might look different for you than it does for me. And I think about the offboarding process after the project is complete. So it's not those final stages of handing over files and giving designs or giving the final piece of work, or in my case, giving the final event report. I look at that as still part of the project itself. For me, offboarding starts when the project itself is fully completed. The client has exactly what you promised in your scope of service delivery. So then your offboarding starts after that. I like to leave maybe a week or two after you've closed off the project. And then I like to send an email to the client. And this is a thank you email because you really want to show your appreciation and your gratitude and remind the client of all of the things that you've achieved while working together. Now this could be an email all on its own. 
This one could go out a week after you've closed your project. And it is purely gratitude. Gratitude and reflection for the work that you've been able to do together. Because again, we all forget we live in the present and the future when we are working in our business. Once a project is done, we like tick it off the list and we keep moving forward. It's not often that you get to reflect on the project or all of the work that went into that particular project, regardless of what that is. So it's nice to just remind the client, gosh, these are the things that we've achieved working together over the last three months. Or these are the things that we achieved working together in our one day VIP container. Whatever that is for you, just create a list of things that you've managed to achieve together and what that means for them. Now that you have this, it means you can. And just remind them about what you've done and what it means for them in the future. So that's the first email. The second follow-up email is asking for the feedback and the testimonial. Now there's no right or wrong time frame that these can take place. You can send your, you know, thank you, gratitude email today and then tomorrow or two days later, send the follow-up email which is asking them for their feedback and for their testimonial. And you want to make this really easy for them because how many times have you received an email saying, could you give us a testimonial? And you're like, yeah, happy to, like leave that with me. And then it never gets done and it never gets done and it never gets done because it's fallen into the too hard basket. You don't know where to start with writing your testimonial. You don't know what words to say first or what you even say in a testimonial. Like those words might not come to you that easy. And so that might be true for your client as well. The words might not come to them easily. So to make this easy for your client, create a form. Create a form that gives them some prompts to answer. When you ask a question, people are happy to answer it. So when you're asking for the feedback, ask them some pertinent questions and ask them the things that you really want to know. Keep your number of questions really short, like no more than three. And then they'll answer the question and you'll get some really valuable insights as to what they found great about working with you. When you're working closely with a client, you might think you know what they appreciate about what you're doing and you might think you know where the value is in your service or what value they might be getting from working with you. But until you actually ask that question you know, in a feedback survey, you actually really don't know. It's when they're sitting at their desk all alone with that one question in front of them, do they actually put in their true feedback? And that is really enlightening. I mean, I've had clients at different ends of the scale. I thought we were working together wonderfully, but their feedback in a survey was really average. And then working with a client, it was very like, yep, got it doing it, done it, like very matter of fact. But the survey was just glowing. It was just, it really lit me up because I thought, you know, 
we just we have an okay relationship. We don't have a glowing, fantastic, you know, exciting relationship. It's just okay. We're just getting the stuff done. We're just doing the work. So you just don't really know what they're going to say until you give them the opportunity to give you that feedback. I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend. Or even better yet, to jump over onto Instagram and share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me, I'm sandrajulian.co. That really is the best way for others to find out about this podcast, and I thank you in advance. Alrighty, back to the episode. And then in that feedback form that I send my clients, I actually give them a box and say to them, you know, this is the box that you would write your public reference for me. So I ask them what they would write and what I can use in a public forum, you know, on my website. Can they give me some words that I can use on my website is really what I'm asking them for. But I might use it in other places as well. So I don't use that specific language and say, could you give me a reference that I can use on my website? The question's usually a bit broader than that. And just give them the opportunity to write some words in their own voice and in their own language. There's nothing better than reading a reference or a testimonial that is just written from the client's point of view in the client voice. And then every testimonial you get, they may have a similar theme, But the words being used are so different because all your clients are so different. So I provide my clients with a form. It's only got a few questions in it. I'm going to share my questions that I have in my feedback form. So if you want, if this resonates for you, you can just use these as well. So I ask the obvious because these are the things that I want to be able to credit back to them. So I always ask them to give me their email address, even though I might know it. I always ask them to give me their job title and their company because that's what I use in the testimonial itself. I don't like to just assume I can use what's on their email signature. And sometimes they might not even have an email signature. So I ask them for their job title and their company name, and I ask them for a photo. Then the first question I ask them is, what challenges did you have? Because I wanted to know, I want to know here why they engaged me. You know, what challenges did they have before they engaged my services? And then I ask them, what did you engage us to do for you? And I know it might be a bit of a rhetorical question because we've got a contract with a scope of service already outlined in it. But I want to capture the client's voice here in a just a matter of a few words because the boxes that I give them to reply in aren't big. So they keep their replies quite short and succinct. So they tell me what they engaged for me to do for them. And then I ask them about their experience. So how would you describe your overall experience working with us? And again, they just say exactly what's on their mind. And because we're an event management company, I ask the client, what was the wow factor for your event that Oaha helped you with? 
So I want to know what was the highlight? That's another way of asking. What was the highlight about your project that we were able to help you with? And then I asked them this question. Why would you recommend OWAHA to others? And this helps me see my differentiation point in the marketplace. Because what they say about working with us and why they would recommend us actually comes down to what we do best and what differentiates us in the marketplace. So this intel from a client is so useful. Then I have another column that just says anything else, anything else that you would like to share with us. Some put a personal thank you note, some just go not applicable and, you know, the NA. Uh, Just, yeah, the replies that we get in that column are varied and wide. Some don't answer at all. You know, someone also might come back and go, love you. Like those feedback are amazing. But then I also give them a box or a question and it is asking them for the testimonial. The testimonial that we can use publicly. And then at the bottom of the online form, I have a consent. So they need to tick the box to consent for us to use their testimonial, their name, their photo, and that they permit and authorize us to use that in our marketing material. So I get their consent to use what they've provided to us. Um, Then there's no confusion where they think that they were just giving feedback. They weren't giving feedback thinking that we were going to use that publicly. Um, So I make sure that there is no grayness about what I am asking for. And because I like to just give clients one call to action in an email, I don't usually like to give too many things that I want them to do because nine times out of 10, they'll do one and not the other. So during this offboarding process, I like to give one action per email. So in this email where we're asking them to complete our online form and we're giving them prompts to get their feedback and gather their testimonial that we can use in our marketing material, I have a separate email that asks for the referral. And it is a simple email that just says like, thank you for your testimonial and your feedback. So once they've completed your feedback form and you've got that information, then you can send the next email which says like thank you for your feedback, that's really valuable, that will really help us moving forward to help differentiate us in the marketplace and help us refine and improve our services so we keep getting better and better and better. Now I would like to ask you if you have one one person that you could refer us to because you don't want to have them get stuck having to sit down and think about three or four people that they can refer you to. Just ask for one. If you get more than one, then you know, be thankful, be grateful for that. But just ask them, do you have one business who you know would benefit from working with us? If you do, 
then hit reply, you know, let me know that I can reach out to them. Or you could say to them, feel free to forward this email on and, you know, make the referral. If you can CC me into that referral, I would really appreciate it. I've also seen others actually craft a referral response. So they email their clients, they ask for the referral, and in the body of that email, they also say, I've crafted the referral email for you below. It is as simple as forwarding this email, taking out everything else other than the body of you know the content for the referral email. And then when you do that, CC me in. I would love to connect with you know that one person who you think would value from working with us. So again, you want to make this really nice and easy and simple for your clients. You want to make it easy for them to give you feedback, easy for them to give you the testimonial, and easy for them to refer you. For a service-based business, the quickest way to build your authority is to receive referrals from existing clients. Someone is more likely to engage you and use your services when it has come from a referral. All right, let's change tact a little bit here and let's talk about the internal processes to offboard your client internally. So when you onboard, you set up a number of things that will help your team get to work on the project. At the end of the project, you have to go and undo those things. So for us, that looks like archiving our project board in monday.com. So we've finished all the tasks and we now just need to archive that project board so it doesn't come up in our list of current events anymore. Then we need to archive our document repository for that client. We use Sweet Files, which is a a tool that is overlaid on top of the Microsoft SharePoint. We've used that for years and years and years. And so that allows us to archive the document repository. So we have a folder for every client event and that's set up. It's got a structure to it that we use so we know where we've put things and we have to archive that. So once everything's saved, we don't want to delete it because maybe we want to go back and find something that's in there or go back and refer to something. But again, when we archive it, it disappears from our list of current client work folders. So we archive the document repository folder. We also, if we have set up a shared email inbox for that client, we go and put automatic response onto the email just to say, this project is complete. No one is checking this inbox any longer. If you would like to you know, have a response, then contact us here. And we put one of our active general inboxes. Or we'll put a client's contact details in there. If you want to reach out to the client about this event, their contact details are here. So that is one of our offboarding tasks. Now, we also have a Zoom chat channel that is set up. If we no longer need that chat channel, then we mute the channel and we remove it from our favorites. 
We also like to put a portfolio of the events that we've done onto a web page. This web page is something that we include in our proposals so our potential clients can see the work that we have done. It's not something that I like to put onto our website. I actually like to reserve that information for those people who have, you know, requested us to explore working with them. They have taken the time to have a phone conversation with me and we've prepared a proposal to invite them to come and work with us. And so it's at that stage that I like to give them, here is a list of all of the events that we've been involved with recently. So part of my offboarding process is to update our website page portfolio so it's current with all our events. And then we've got this now really long page of all the events that we've done. So that's part of our offboarding process. And the other thing I like to do as well is to update our event statistics in the client contract board. So I have, again, another monday.com board where I track all of my client statistics for a project. So I have in there exactly the package that they've purchased, the price that they will pay, the number of hours that we estimate it will take us to deliver that project. And then at the end of the project, I update that board with the number of actual hours it took us to deliver the project. So then over time, I've got some real data around projected number of hours and actual number of delivery hours for each project. So that's the last thing on my client offboarding in my internal processes. But here is where you can put anything that you need to do internally to close out a project and complete you know, your offboarding process. I like to put it in the offboarding process rather than in the client project plan itself um, because these are more about what I want to track with my client offboarding, what I want to track with my client projects. The tasks on a client project board are really more orientated for the work that I'm doing with the client, whereas my offboarding process is all about me tracking my statistics in relation to that project. So there you go. You now have my whole offboarding process, internal tasks, external tasks, some tips on how to make it easy for your client, what to include in that feedback uh, survey from them, and how I track everything on my monday.com board. Thanks so much for joining me today as I close out this episode in lead up to Christmas. Whatever you are doing, wherever you are in the world, I wish you a very Merry Christmas. Before you go today, I want to thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes and you can read a full blog of the episode at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button and get new episodes as soon as they're released. 
If you'd like to reach out to me and chat about anything on today's episode or any of the previous episodes on the podcast, then I've got a link in the show notes so you can leave me a voice message or a video message. I really do look forward to hearing from you. Alrighty, have a productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.